0: As you are aging, right? And you get to use practice this IBC and this banking concept the whole time. And you can use cash just like it was on you and you own the policy. You can own the policies on your kids or on your spouse or however you wanna set it up, right? And you can gift them policies later or ownership in those policies. So you can use the cash the whole time, right? It's just your little mini bank branches, right? Just like if you had 10 policies on yourself, which you could, right? Uh, or you just have one mass policy on yourself it doesn't really matter but you you can just set it up you know different ways as you age and say hey at some point you're going to graduate right we all will
1: all right guys welcome again to another amazing episode today we have harper jones uh harper you know started his career out doing door-to-door sales um uh, and he he Learned a lot of skills in real estate. He focused on wholesaling, and flipping, and multifamily properties. But eventually, I think he he found his something he's passionate about from what it seems, that the infinite banking concept. Um, you know, similar or it's the same concept tied with um whole whole life insurance. So we'll we'll dive into that and you know, get his expertise on how you can build generational wealth from that and how you can protect assets from that so you know Harper, let's dive right in man you know how um can you can you first give a initial background just of yourself as a real estate investor and how you're tying this infinite banking concept in and how it works
0: yeah sure so I started in um real estate maybe like four years ago and then uh, you know after a couple of years in, uh, I did some more transactional-based stuff, like you know wholesaling, rehabbing, and then we had got in, we had got into some uh, rentals, and that was you know going great, learning a lot of stuff. And uh, at this point, you know, and I still am, you know, a rookie. I've only been in it for for a handful of years, but I've been learning a lot. Um, a, a couple of years in, I ended up um, diving across this concept called uh, IBC, which you you touched on, which is uh, infinite banking concepts. What it stands for. And there's a lot of stuff you can learn about at infinitebanking.org, but I'll we'll dive into that later where people can go to you know, really learn about it. But basically what it is, is IBC is, is a process and we'll utilize a product um, or a platform to practice that process, to practice IBC, which would be a whole life uh, insurance contract. So um, by utilizing that, kind of how I'm um, gonna describe it is think of like assets and liabilities, or or credits and debits, like a T chart. And on the left side, what we're going to do is we're going to place that platform and that product, which would be the whole life insurance contract. And that's where your your capital is going to store or your warehouse of wealth, uh, and your cash is going to be before you deploy it out to everyday, you know, living, uh, real estate investments, business investments, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And what we're doing is having that process of the funds going across that ledger back and forth um, in and out just like uh, funds are going in and out of your checking savings account we're just placing that policy between uh, those flows coming in and out so hopefully that's a brief little overview i know there's a lot more details but uh hopefully i i kind of explained that okay so let me know if that didn't come out uh, the right way so let me let me capture this
1: so essentially you're using a policy as a check-in or savings account essentially to flow between your your profit and expenses or your daily expenses and your daily income. It could be either, or it's just not for, it's not only for a business owner, but also for day-to-day like a check-in usage or a uh, income coming in, things like that. That correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. So you could use it, um... You know, I guess the simple way to think about it is any individual business, uh, nonprofit, they're going to have income come in and they're going to have income go out, right? Or expenses, right? So you're going to inflows and outflows. And where is that money normally deposited in before being deployed? Well, that's going to be at a bank, a brick and mortar bank, right? What we're doing is we're going to kind of create our own bank, right? In essence, and we're going to have those deposits come in. But before we have them go out, we're going to deposit them in our policy or policies. And there's a lot of benefits of doing that, you know, right before we, you know, um, now deploy it out of um, that policy over there, instead of sitting in and checking your savings account, we're sitting it now in that uh, whole life insurance contract. And like I said, there's numerous benefits of doing that. And uh, to, your, to your point, anyone could do this uh, individual business, um, or, you know, just using it for, for everyday life.
1: So I really like that that concept and it brings it gets I get more questions out of it. Is so for example, let's say my monthly income was 5k a month, right? Are you am I with this policy, would I be able to drop all 5K in there and then the inflows and outflows go from there? And if so, is that gonna be Is that gonna grow with compounded interest? Is there specific tied to that whole policy? How does it grow from there?
0: Yeah, okay. So let me let me back up a little bit and kind of describe, you know, say, say the banking process, because that's really what we're doing and what we're trying to profit from is the banking function in our life. And there's always gonna be a banking function in anyone's life. And you know, how much of that banking function, you know, do you control? Right. And it's not necessarily bad if you don't control the function, because like us here, we leverage, you know, banks and commercial banks and and Fannie and Freddie, you know, to loan on, you know, real estate projects so we can use OPM other people's money. Right. But there can also be, you know, bad debt or if you have enough capital, you can take over more of that banking function. So let's kind of look at how the banking function works. So let's take a um, normal depositor. Right. And let's say they go down to Bank of America and they deposit, you know, $100,000. Right. Well, now the deposits to the bank is a liability to the customer because they owe those funds to them. Right. Their assets are going to be their loan portfolio. And what they're going to do is they're going to take those deposits and they're going to loan that out. Right. And when they loan those out, they're going to charge interest. Right. And that's kind of the process of banking. Right. And as that comes back in, They'll pay interest back to the customer, right? But it's going to be minimal. And then they're going to get nice profits from loaning someone else's money, right? Other people's money. And then, you know, pay back the, you know, customer, uh, like I said there. But the excess profits are going to go to the owners of the bank, which would be the shareholders. Now, when we set up our product or our platform, which would be a whole life insurance contract, we're trying to do the exact same thing. So our deposits, just like a customer, would be our premiums, right? With the premiums comes cash value. That cash value is going to grow uninterrupted, tax-free, uh, typically creditor-protected. Depending on the state, you know, you can have more protections than others. And you know, you don't even file a 1099 form and don't really report anything on your taxes to the IRS if it's you know structured properly. Right now, I'm no accountant or attorney here, but if it's structured properly, you know, you can have it kind of off the radar, right? It's just how it's meant to be. You have your death protection, right, with death benefit that would pass typically income tax free to your family members. uh, And you'll have, you know, illness protection if, um, you know, while you're living, you know, things happen. You can actually borrow from the death benefit versus borrowing from, you know, the cash value. But let's circle back around to the actual um, process of it of banking that we had with Bank of America, right? Now, when we set up these policies, we would wanna set them up with a mutual insurance company versus a stock company. Because in a company, the shareholders are the ones who get to participate in the dividends or the surplus profits, right? In a mutual insurance company versus a stock company, the policy owners or holders are the actual owners of the company. So they get to participate in the surplus of profits or dividends. So now you're it's 4% on your cash value then that's like you being a customer. But they pay a dividend, now you're also getting those profits come back to you, right? Now, technically, those aren't guaranteed, but they paid them, the companies we work with paid them for you know, over 100 years, and most mutual insurance companies have because they're a very financially stable um, place um, with how they deal with their assets and their reserve accounts and, yada, yada, yada. Does that help um, bring it together a little bit more? Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. Absolutely. My, so what what I'm gathering is, you know, it's based off premium, right? And I'm guessing that's based off of um, the amount, the, a lot of amount of value, not only in the death uh, side of, but also in the cash value side of the policy. Um, and from what I understand, it goes half and half of what you pay in the premium. So, is there a way that you can increase that amount of premium as your income increases where you can contribute more or are you locked into that policy as you, as you initially started it?
0: Yeah, so, so one thing I'll say too is I don't want to dive into too many details because things can get a little complicated. What I like to start with is the concept. And I like to talk about how IBC or infant banking concept is the process. It, it, is, it is not a product, it is a process. Now, specially designed whole life insurance contract in and of itself is a great asset you know, for anyone to have and it would hold up fairly well if you compare that asset to other investments right, or other assets. But what we're doing is we're now incorporating that process. I wanna focus on um, not as many details of the actual uh, product, which we can touch on it, but I don't wanna dive too deep. We can do that at a later date Or um, I can send resources anyone wants to follow up on. But also that concept of it is when we're throwing the funds back and forth. So whether it's $10,000 a year, $100,000 a year, or a million dollars a year, it's all going to be the same. But I don't want to get down to necessarily specific numbers, right? Because that's different for for everyone. And I want to focus on the concept. So we've talked about, but the answer to what you asked is, yes, you can grow with your income right? Where you can expand. You don't necessarily just need one policy. Like some people have like 30 policies and some have just one policy, right? So you can just kind of add to it. Just like a bank starts with one branch. If they're profitable, they're going to open up more branches, just like you would open up more policies, right? Or more little banking branches. And there's some other instances with business partners and buy sales and and executive bonus plans and stuff that are more advanced that we can touch on towards the end. Um, But uh, basically, you know, I just want to kind of hone in on the, on the concept of it. So let's say we've looked, talked about, you know, go back to the T chart with like assets and liabilities, right. And I'm just doing that as a visual that you, you don't have to necessarily remember the asset and liabilities part, but on the left side, we kind of have the, um, you know, where our cash is going to sit, right. Or our warehouse of wealth is, which is going to be within those policies, right. Or policy. Then whenever you're, you're in need to utilize that capital, well, your cash actually never leaves that policy, and you direct the insurance company to say, hey, I want X amount of my cash value um, as a policy loan. So they'll take money from the pool money they have, and they'll place a lien on your cash value, so it keeps um, compounding uninterrupted tax-free, like, like you didn't you know, access any of the capital, but you have true liquidity of it. So while that's happening all over to the left side, you get to take someone else's money, which is the insurance company's pool money, and go use that for for your lifestyle, um, your expenses, tax bills, uh, savings and investments, like say real estate. And you could take that, use that as a down payment and then use the bank to fund 75, 80%. Now, what we'll do in the process of that banking, right? we're gonna set up an amortization table to pay back that policy loan back to our policy. And as we make those payments back, it's like a line of credit against the policy. As you make payments back, you have more of that um, line of credit that you get to utilize and redeploy, which is a velocity of money, right? Just like banks do, you know, you keep loaning it back and forth in and out versus, you know, say you make payments on a car or, or payments to a mortgage. Yeah, you're building some equity, right? Or you should be if, if you have a good deal. Um, but if you want to reuse the capital, sure, you can refinance, but you're resetting uh, your volume of interest right? Versus it being simple interest. If you take an amortization table, it's going to be top heavy interest. And every dollar you pay is on on the amortization schedule. So like, say, for example, you have 5% interest rate, which I know is high right now, um, per se, but you have it on 20 year amortization, maybe like 40 to 50 cents of every dollar you pay over the life of that could have gone to, say interest, right? Because it's so top heavy. Right now, maybe those aren't exactly specific numbers, but it's kind of cool when you look at the amortization table. Uh, It's not really cool, you're getting screwed. But, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do is take over some of that banking function, right? So while you have everything going here on the left side of the ledger, and that's compounding like it's never been touched, right? Even though that may be compounding at four five, 6%, the fact that that is compounding and you're not interrupting it's extremely powerful over the long run, especially because that's all tax free and you can borrow up to 100% of it, you know, and that's, that's not taxable either, right, as you're doing this whole thing. But as we're paying back, you know, that policy loan, we're going to pay back more, right? So they're going to charge us interest because it's their loans, right, against our cash value there, right? So say that simple interest to 5%. Well, maybe we're charging ourselves 8% interest on an amortized schedule. So you're paying top heavy interest back to yourself, So, the flow of money instead of being out is coming back to you. And then we'll take those as we're getting those uh, uh, payments back that we set up. We'll knock down whatever interest we owe the insurance company and then we'll start knocking down the policy loan. And then by the time we knock down the policy loan, we may have three, six, 12 payments left. And those would all roll back into the policy and we'd funnel them back in there. So, now at the end of it, we've recaptured um, interest that we would have paid somewhere else right, or lost opportunity costs that we were given up by paying cash. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah, no, that's great, because you're, what that interest that you said, you know, you're paying it back to yourself, you're charging yourself. So you become the bank, you become that credit card, right? So that's, that's pretty.
2: And one of the things that I wanted to highlight is the fact that you mentioned that it's simple interest. Um, which is very important because uh I mean it's not it's not uh, amortized as uh, as a regular um as a regular interest as if you were you know purchasing a, a home or making any other purchases or, or borrowing money uh where like you said it's it's going at the beginning is going everything to the uh to the interest and not to the principal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's
2: pretty that's pretty pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. And I know I've talked a a, a ton uh, so far. Um, you know, on this podcast here, but are there anything that I need to clarify or that was confusing? Because I know I kind of ran across a bunch of different stuff. Um, but is there anything I need to clarify more that you guys thought was confusing uh, so far? Oh, not
1: at all. I thought that was pretty, pretty. Uh, that was pretty simple and basic explanation. I think what I want to know more is how can you use it for, you know, leverage. Not only in, in real estate, but for your family, right? Like, so mm-hmm. can I use it for my kids? Can I use it for, in what <laughs> other ways can I help help build generational wealth with it?
0: Yeah, no, and that's that's a great, great question. So there's a few things. One, what we'll, uh, let's see, where, where do I want to start? So, first thing is a lot of people, what they'll do is, you know, what, what I would advise people to do is very wise. First, you know, you got your human life value and you want to protect your family. So say, say it's you, your wife, and say you got three kids, right? We'll just say that's, that's just what we're going off of. What you would do is you want to protect yourself, right? Most people have a term, right? And not that it's unwise to have a term, but I think when you look at it uh, through the lens we're talking about, the whole life makes a lot of sense. And terms, you know, you're betting against the insurance company on a term life policy, and I can, I guarantee you the insurance company is winning every time, right? Cause only one at a hundred payout. Once again, not an unwise thing to have, but the whole life is for your whole life, right? So you're protecting for your family for the whole life. And whenever that, we got a little dog, um, whenever that um, pays out, you know, that's typically income tax-free, right? But I'll circle back around that because that'll tie into that generational wealth. So as you're protecting yourself, well, you have insurable interest, say, on your spouse, and insurable interest on in all your kids. And with your kids, guess what? You know, they're going to have to buy a car, you know, college, uh, maybe wedding, down payment. So if you start tucking away cash in there instead of a 529 plan, right? Or another qualified plan or, or savings account or mutual fund, well, now you have them protected, you know, with uh, illness protection and death protection. So if they became uninsurable for health reasons or whatnot, now they have a whole life on them whole life policy. And that's cash gets compounded their whole life too, it's even longer. So it's really long range thinking. As you are, are aging, right? And you get to use practice this IBC and this banking concept the whole time. And you can use cash just like it was on you and you own the policy. You can own the policies on your kids or on your spouse or however you want to set it up, right? And you can gift them policies later or ownership in those you know, policies. So you can use the cash the whole time right? It's just your little mini bank branches, right? Just like if you had 10 policies on yourself, which you could, right? Uh, or you just have one massive policy on yourself. It doesn't really matter, but you, you can just set it up, you know, different ways. As you age and say, hey, at some point you're going to graduate, right? We all will. Your death benefit every year after year is going to be growing because the dividends that uh, are paid out, right? We're being, we'll reinvest those as paid up additions, which grows the cash value more, grows the death benefit more. Same when we're banking, we're kind of almost supercharging the policy, so to say, by adding more paid up additions in there as we're banking and finishing out our amortized loans, right, as we touched on. So now that death benefit's gonna be growing as well. And this, you know, is all guaranteed side, and then we have a non-guaranteed side with the dividends that we so we will roll back up in there. But that's always gonna be growing and, and, and uh, getting uh, bigger and better. Say when you graduate, now the death benefit will be paid out, less than the outstanding policy loans, right? income tax free the family, like I said, typically, they'll use those proceeds to pay off all their outstanding policy loans, you know, for windfall room or just start new policies, right? And then when those kids, you know, have kids, they get policies on their kids. And then the same process happens with those, um, the uh, um, kids They pass away. They'll use those to pay off any outstanding policy loans or debts or or whatever, or just build up more policies, and they'll do it again. So you got to think generations in the future. But as that's going, I mean, just imagine a couple million um, coming into you that you could use tax-free to start more policies and do the same thing for your kids and your grandkids or great-grandkids, because you can keep getting policies on all your family members uh, for insurable interest and plan for the future uh, just like that. So um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I does. Yeah. Amazing.
1: That is amazing. Um, how, because I know you have to get medical, you have to get blood drawn, you have to get exams, correct? When you, when you get a policy, at, at least that's what I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an age limit for a kid or should you start first by like how you said, you know, having them own a portion of the policy and then when they get old enough, you just give them the policy. What, what's the best strategy there?
0: Yeah. So a great question. And a lot of the times when I answer, the answer is gonna be, it depends. And some things I've just kind of answered geared to how you asked it, but it really does depend on different scenarios. Just like setting up, you know, the policy would depend maybe on each person. We work within certain parameters that we wanna do um, that we think are are, are in the best interest for what we're trying to do with the IBC concept, right? Um, But it's gonna depend for the person how we may slightly change the design and then how we're gonna bank Yeah, there's not necessarily a wrong way to bank within these uh, parameters, but we may do it slightly different depending on what your objectives are, right? But um, let me think what the question you just asked. Oh, yes. So the answer, it depends on, yes, this is life insurance. So it is on your health. Depending on the company, the product and what they have currently going, if you're doing a little bit smaller policy, um, depending on age, health, et cetera, because we're looking at the death benefit part. We don't focus on the death benefit. We're focused on the cash value, but they're underwriting for death benefit, right? Because it's the uh, you know, life insurance here. You, you're going to have to go through an application and a couple other um, minor things, but maybe you don't do a, a paramedical exam. But if it's over a certain threshold, then they'll come take vitals and stuff like that. Um, but it's nothing that's necessarily too invasive or anything that, People haven't done before, but once again, I think those are details that, um, you dive in later. I think it's like, keep the focus more on the concept and and things like that. Um, and then I just had someone, I think it's 30 days after a, and I, once again, can depend right on the company and stuff and their protocol 30 days after a newborn uh, or a child is born, you can have a whole life policy on. So we did it within 30, we did it within like 45 days with someone recently, um, and the only reason it was 45 days is we were just waiting for the medical records to push through. That took a little bit longer with uh, COVID and everything.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of wondering, you know, with, with children, right. Because I mean, age, I imagine plays a factor too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. German, what do you got?
2: Yeah, man. So for our audience, right, we have, we have a uh, uh, very sophisticated, you know, from the, uh, from the, people that are just trying to learn about, you know, how to create wealth in their life to the people that are already, you know, um, uh, to a stage where they're a little more sophisticated um, and the, in basically for the people that are just starting. Right. And they they listen about these concepts and I'll give myself as an example. Um, and my, my concept was that only people uh, with already uh, a little bit of uh uh, wealth, you know, could apply for these type of programs. Um, is that the case or anybody, uh, any in, uh, any income level or sophistication level can apply for these, uh, can start a life insurance?
0: So in, anyone can do it, right? Obviously, I don't know everyone's, you know, health position when you're looking at that part, but even if for some reason you're uninsurable, you can have insurable interest on a business partner, spouse, family, et cetera, that we can look at. But- one thing I would say is someone who's not good with money and can't save and they, they have other things they need to build discipline and work on. And we're not here to, you know, coach you how to, how to get to a little bit more discipline level What we are here to coach you is how to do what you're doing already on the right side of the ledger, which would be your behavior, right? And how to pair that with, um, um, IBC, you know, infinite banking concept and make it better. Now, if you can't have that right side to where you don't have a little bit of discipline in your life, then you know what we're doing is not gonna, not gonna help that much, right? And someone could, could try to do it, but I think it's in their best interest to get um, that right side of the ledger kind of kicking a little bit where they kind of yeah. hear what we're doing, how can this improve my position? And it can be different for everyone. And then we start talking, hey, you know, make sure you read this book, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, whatever questions you have, Now let's come do a one-on-one webinar, see what questions, guide through visuals, and then kind of what other resources or questions you have after that. And then once they click with the concept, then we dive into, when we'll have examples of numbers so they can follow. Then we'll dive into specific numbers for them personally, which once again, varies from person to person or organization to organization. So we don't even talk specific numbers until someone gets through um, a series of uh, understanding, you know, what we're trying to do. And if someone's like, Hey, I just want to set this up and I just want this policy and I know how to bank and and they haven't read the book and all this, you know, well, I I personally say, okay, here's, here's, here's three insurance agents, uh, numbers and email. They're great people. They'll set it up for you, but I'm not going to do that for you and I'll turn them away because we want the right-minded people, you know, just like you guys. Yeah. Just like you guys, if you guys have an investor for a real estate deal, Maybe they'll give you 500 grand and you know him real well, but he'd be the guy who calls every day and could mess the deal up. You you don't want to take that on, even though, yeah. you know, that's a chunk of money to put in. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty important.
0: And uh, by the way, I mean, Harper, thank you for the book.
2: Uh, I received the book and I, I, I'm, I'm reading it, man. I'm a slow reader, but I, I love it. I love the concept. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and I love the con. So, Basically, my my, and my question was geared towards. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, in uh, we're in the military, right? And I would have loved to know about this concept when I first started in my military career, right? Which it wasn't a high earning career, uh, but we already had the discipline, and and I knew where I wanted to go, right? If if a person like that that starts like a, a military career, whether it's officer enlisted or somebody that's just you know going to college and they have the discipline and they have the vision for the future, but they have a small income, can they start these type of uh, these type of programs with a with a minimum income?
0: Oh yes, yes. So okay. I don't know, say an exact minimum. Yeah. That, that um, each company would have maybe it's a, a thousand or a couple thousand a year as a mm-hmm. premium that we're talking, not death benefit, but premium for whole life. And and not, not saying don't start, you start where you're at and grow, but it still goes back to if, if we're working with anyone and want them to understand the concept. Yeah. Right. Concept, 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 and then circle around and say, okay, here's where we're at. Let's take the next step. Let's look at numbers for you and what your plan and vision is and uh, some people are like, hey, I want to get started. I want to put 500 a month in and do this. And we're like, honestly, you know, there is just like, you know, back to analogy of a brick and mortar bank to not just be the customer. You can deposit money and be a customer and get a little bit of interest. But if you want those profits and and, and, and dividends being the shareholder, you got to make an investment. You got to put up capital. You got to wait. You got to make that investment. And you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit at the beginning. Same thing with starting this up, you know, these whole life policy have a little bit of a cash drag, typically the first year, a little bit of a cash drag, and then a little bit the next few years, and then you start to catch up that you put in there. So like someone who's tighter on their um, uh, savings or their uh, day-to-day income, then we'll look at it too when we get to that point and say, hey, look, you know, this, we we think that you're stretching yourself too thin because you're gonna have to sacrifice X amount of dollars you're putting in here for a couple of years is you're kind of getting your um, nice asset in the tool belt built. Right. And we think you should probably wait six or 12 or 18 months, you know, in that case. So for us, we're not trying to make a sale. We're trying to do what's in the best interest, you know, for the person and what they're trying to do and make sure they're educated and they can make, you know, their own decision at, at that point.
1: Perfect. I love that, man, because you, you're, you're teaching them. About the product, bought the lifestyle, and that, that's important to, to understand that if you're gonna really do generational wealth, like you said, yeah, you can go and probably get this product from anyone, but not not the mindset you can't get that.
0: That's yeah, exactly. And so so a few things. Like I said, we have people that are doing a couple thousand a year in premium. We have people doing 50,000, 500,000, millions a year all over the board, right? Everyone's in different positions. And some people make 500 grand a year and they're putting in five grand. Now, granted, I think they personally should put in more and people typically get started, they start expanding, but you start where you're comfortable. Never go um, above a certain you know, threshold that you're comfortable with. Just start somewhere and you can always expand, right? You have one yeah. policy here, that's fine. You can add a bigger one or another one here or there, but like, just start where you're comfortable. But don't also don't start before you understand what's going on and the aspect of, of IBC here and understand kind of what to look for in which companies, what to look for in an agent, which would be, you know, you kind of your coach along the way and, uh, you know, just the process itself. So, and then the second thing I wanted to uh, mention was when you're uh, looking at this, a lot of people, um, most insurance agents don't understand, you know, how the this works or, or know what IBC is, or maybe they say they will, but they, they truly don't. And I'm talking straight from Nelson Nash, becoming your own bank. Read that, and I got tons of the resources to send to people and show them true IBC and where it came from. There's going to be a lot of cash flow banking, generational wealth building, privatized banking, all different terms people have come up with, built on top of um, built on top of uh, what Nelson Nash, you know, discover of the main concept. So I like to give him credit. So I know I keep circling back to there, but that's really the foundation yeah. and, and roots the tree that where people need to start. And of course, I'm happy to mail anyone a copy of Becoming Your Own Banker. And uh, you just gotta email me or call me and I'll give my contact info at the end here. Um, But uh, what was the point I was gonna circle back around to was, oh yeah, so I work with uh, Create Tailwind, right? I work with Jim Oliver over there. There's just four or five uh, agents there. And this is what we do for full time. Yes, we invest in real estate. Yes, we do other stuff, but it is like our main day-to-day and career is we educate and coach people about how to take over the banking function in their life, right. And how to implement IVCs. Now, yeah, we're an agent. And yes, the insurance companies pay us when people, you know, pause policies with us and look, that's great and fine and dandy, but when people do work with us, not only when the, when the policy is set up and this is even if a, a, agents typically educated at this point, maybe they'll set it up, you know, they get paid and then like, okay, I'm out. What we do, is we coach indefinitely with those people. They can call us whenever, they can hop on a Zoom one-on-one with us, uh, they can email us, we're gonna have lots of internal resources and we're always gonna be sharing different stuff with them so that there's always ongoing coaching, right? And they have that guide kind of in their back corner so they can always be like, hey, I'm thinking about using policy loan for this triplex and I'd sing about charging myself 10% to so 8%, how should we set it up on a payback? We'll walk you through all that. We'll set it all up and we're going to coach you and guide you along the way. We're right there holding your hand. And we don't charge anything extra for that. I love that, man. So
1: let me ask you this, you know, and I know, you know, obviously everyone's different. It depends and it's specific to individual. So, but would you recommend someone to get, you know, a policy for themselves and maybe their two kids? And the reason I or just one big one. And the reason I ask that is because of compounded interest, right? Obviously, you've put more, it's gonna grow quicker with compounded interest, uh, as opposed to three small different ones. So I, I and I know everyone's different, right? But what would you recommend? And I'll just say my my, you know, exactly what I want to do, which is myself, you know, my three kids and my wife, I would love for each one to have an account. However, I know that if I do one for each, it's going to be a lower amount than if I did one big one. Right. So, yeah,
0: okay. So I'm going to answer that with start with understanding the concept and, you know, you know, reading the book and, and understanding what's going on. And that'll kind of lead to being like, okay, I want to kind of commit X amount of my, income or assets or liquidity to funnel into, you know, their system, right. And kind of commit to, you know, my banking system and then we'll figure out divvying it up from there. First, we want the breadwinner protected, right. And then we'll start looking at, okay, spouse, kids, grandkids, and, and, and the above. Right. But we'll, we'll kind of take that approach after someone focused on the concept and what they're wanting to commit, whether it's five grand, 50 grand, 500 grand, 5 million, whatever it is. We'll take that and then we'll circle back around and say, okay, here's kind of how it looks. Here's your family dynamic on what's going on, what the plans are with the kids, you know, what's the income uh, separated between the the spouses. And then we say, here's what we think you should put maybe 20 grand here, 20 grand here and five grand on each kid or something like that. Right. So we'll kind of, once again, coach and guide through that at that point, but that's kind of like, steps away we, we don't really look at that until after we focus more on the gotcha. concept and education
1: okay cool man well that that's all the questions i really had Jeremy. what do you have
2: no me too man i appreciate it i appreciate the fact that uh that you took the time to uh to be on uh, on our show man um I, I i love the concept i actually learned it through you uh so i appreciate that uh, that you uh that you came to talk to us in the uh in the audience brother
0: yeah, yeah i appreciate so- it because- I think- Yeah. Thanks for having me uh, on to talk about it. And I'm happy to um, get Jim too. And we could go through a presentation we do and there's a lot of visuals. We can record it. You guys can upload it and give it to to the listeners. Um, And then of course, if anyone wants to get in contact, it's uh, Harper H A R P E R at create tailwind.com. And you just email me and say, Hey, heard you on this podcast interested in a copy of the book or just want to talk on the phone about this or whatever happy to talk and then same you can go to tailwind.com and uh, look at some stuff on there and we have a podcast too so i'm happy awesome, to help man, or talk man. to anyone so w- you, stuff, uh,
2: w- we'll hold you we'll hold you to that uh, to that follow up so we can have the uh, the visuals and we can put it on uh, on the youtube channel so i'll write a, yeah. remi- i'll
0: write a reminder right now
2: yeah, oh. yeah
0: we'll have awesome. to do that man yeah, man.
2: Yes.
1: And for all you listeners out there, you know, don't forget to give us a five star review. And like you said, shoot them an email, get that free book.